They do not fear this team. They're one of the few teams that in all the NBA, especially the Western Conference, that does not fear the Golden State Warriors. There's also a time to hug your teammates, to encourage them, to support them, to let them know you're with them. And I thought this was that time. There are real problems within the Celtics right now. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Skip and Shannon to discuss LeBron's critical comments. We are joined by FS1 NBA analyst Chris Broussard. Ooh, Good morning. Finally, some objectivity. Good morning. That's right. Yeah. Chris. That's right. That's what I do. King of okay. Oh, Can we yeah. just wait on you for a second? <laughs> I'm going to start with Chris here. LeBron had a lot to say. What do you make of those comments? Shannon, you know I'm usually with you in defending LeBron. But I keeps it real. And I didn't like it. I was disappointed. Skip, what did I say? He did say. You did he say. Okay. Said it privately instead of yeah. public. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that because I I didn't I don't watch <laughs> I, I don't even I think don't you should have said it privately. Again, so I, I know, know. I, I'm, I'm objective when I come opinions. out. Okay. Yeah, so I'm good. glad you okay. can. Okay. <laughs> it was just too much me and them. And and look, there's a time to drop the hammer, especially when you're the best player in the world. You're the leader. You got championships. There's a time to do that. But there's also a time to hug your teammates to encourage them, to support them, to let them know you're with them. And I thought this was that time. Mm. There were some things that baffled me. So LeBron talked about guys haven't been there. Do they know what they're missing out on? Mm. You know, if they haven't been there. Well, who are you talking about? McGee, JaVale McGee's got two championships. Mm. Tyson Chandler's got one. Yep. Mm. Rajon Rondo. Rondo's got one. Okay, that, that adds up to four. Right. LeBron's got three, and the rest of them have four. So and, they've and, never and, been and there. And a couple and of them that? came at the expense of LeBron. Uh, Rondo's, yeah. Chandler's, wow. McGee. I mean, all of them, actually. Right. Yeah. Lance Stevenson's been deep in the playoffs. So he was talking about, essentially, Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. Ingram gave you 29 points. Kuzma played okay. He did. Reggie Bullock, is he throwing him in there, too? I don't know. It was just too much. I, and coming off a game where, Le, look, LeBron was spectacular offensively. He threw some pocket passes, oh, some full court passes. Yes. No, I give you that. And he obviously gave you his 27. He was not in his usual attack mode. No. And that's a. What about the threes? No, he, and he had some 30 he had, footers. He had three threes in the third quarter, and they lost the third quarter by four points, just for yeah. the record. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. He. So he he missed four, six free throws, though. He did. And you said, and I was going to bring this up later, but he wasn't in his usual attack mm -hmm. mode. LeBron has always been like, I've, I've even asked him privately, why don't you just play point guard? He's never wanted to fully commit to a point guard. But yesterday, he was pretty much fully huh. committed point. to point he guard. He was. Yep. I agree. I think part of the reason he doesn't want to fully commit is because he gets himself out of, like, Scoring. Now, he's right. going to get you 25 no matter what. Right. But he's not. he only took 17 shots, only six free throws, so he wasn't attacking. I don't think he knows that balance yet between being that point guard but also 
scoring 35 yeah. or Time 30 out. or whatever. What did you see in the first three games in the first finals against Golden State when there was no Kyrie and no Kevin Love? What did you see? He played Those, essentially he played point, point guard. And he played attack. And, right? he, and he, he shot both. now. He only shot 30-something percent, which he hates to do. Okay, but he, he believes in efficiency, but you're right. I think he just had no choice. He had no choice, but I loved it, man. They were in position. If he can find that that balance. Like Miami, he, I don't think, when he played point guard, I think he was more distributor, but it was fine because you had Wade and Bosh. Yeah. Right. And yesterday, but that plays into the discomfort. I would say to LeBron, you be uncomfortable and go get me 45. That's not, he don't like to do that. that, that there you go. Right? He okay. likes to give you 27, 12, 10, whatever. Go be uncomfortable. We need the 45. He needs more James Harden. Right. right. We need that. And then defensively, that was their whole problem yesterday. And LeBron's been bad defensively. It just is what it is. Since I got this from Steve, our researcher, <laughs> your guy, uh, they, were tenth, they were 10th <laughs> defensively yep. when LeBron got hurt. They were 7th defensively when he was out. Like, even though he, they were losing, they couldn't score. Really? But defensively, they were great. Since he's been back there 25th defensively. So I'm just saying... This was not the time to mm -hmm. separate yourself no. from your teammates, and that's. Right. But I, I didn't know you. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I give you that. All right, it, it, that's it. that's. I agree. You look at LeBron. Used the word like approach, the way you think the game, the way you prepare for the game. And I don't just mean on game day. Um, he's talking from an inside position, knowing, seeing how. Because the thing is, you know this about LeBron. He's very observant. You watch the way the guys prepare. Who's taking it serious? Do you know what's at stake? And you're right, LeBron, but that's why you came here. Mm -hmm. you're, you came here to lead this team, mm -hmm. to help them understand the gravity of the moment and to never squander, never take anything for granted because these moments are precious. While they have more time than you do, it's your job. This is what you signed up for. Because it's not like you went to Golden State. Right. It's not like you went to a team that had perennial guys that had been championship caliber. Uh, yeah, uh, JaVale McGee, but JaVale McGee was the ancillary part. I mean, Festus Azila had the ring, and he played the same role that JaVale McGee did. Tyson Chandler was a bigger piece, because, but he was much younger then. That's not the Tyson Chandler that we see today. I get all that. And like I said, my thing is, if you can say whatever you say publicly, if it can be said, said and conveyed in the same way privately, mm -hmm. do that. Mm. But every time that you're upset that guys don't perform to the level that you think they should, you can't call them out publicly. Mm. They still upset because it was all well and good. Man, LeBron coming here to play with us. Oh, yeah, LeBron. He chose us. Yeah. And that was their body language. And Lonzo Love. was his, I mean, he was Lonzo's favorite player. Going and, up. and but playing with a, a guy like LeBron mm. is demanding. Mm. And then he demanded that we be gone. <laughs> and now we here. So we don't look at LeBron to say, nah, whatever. Mm. I ain't listening to you. You wanted me up out of here. So you so, think that's the mentality they have now? Yeah. They're not playing with that same. They're not. But in, in the consistency, uh, uh, you mentioned like uh, uh, Ingram gave you 29, but he might give you 13 tonight. They, he, they get no consistency. What drives me the most nuts about the greatness of LeBron James is that somehow he has become the biggest finger-pointing excuse maker in the history of sports on a nightly basis. And I don't know why he needs to keep doing this, especially now. 
this team doesn't need for him to be pointing fingers in the locker room. They have enough trouble caused by him and Rich Paul at the trade deadline. Hey, God, I know him and no Rich Paul. And uh, 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 LeBron wanted out. LeBron had no bearing on that. Did LeBron they, is a class. They not try to bully Dell Dimps into giving up <laughs> Anthony Davis for about half of the Lakers. The, the, yes. Yeah, all, yes. All Anthony Davis. Yes. Anthony said he's not signing, signing a long-term deal. I don't understand how LeBron, because he's a client of Rich Paul at Clutchport, mm -hmm. how we drag him into this. He's the CEO. No, he's not. He That's Rich Paul's company. So, back to Saturday night. <laughs> LeBron James could have so easily, as the unquestioned leader of the Los Angeles Lakers, dismissed what had just happened in New Orleans by saying, hey, for whatever reason, Anthony decided not to play or they chose not to play him. And we didn't take them seriously enough because they were they had just played back-to-back -back on the road at Indiana. They'd lost by 15 with Anthony Davis. Yeah, right. So at home, obviously, the Lakers didn't come out with the necessary urgency and intensity for what was about to hit them right between the That's eyes. That's what LeBron because said. Because those Pelicans without Anthony Davis are actually more dangerous because they got chips on shoulders. Those Pelicans, especially Julius Randle, who still has it in for the Lakers for not hanging on to him, they're going to come at you with both fists. They're, they're going to try to take it out on you. So you need to match their intensity and urgency in the first quarter. And if you get off to a hot start, trust me, they'll say, no, Moss, thank you very much. We just played last night right. and lost right. at Indiana. But that did not happen. And all of a sudden, LeBron reaches for, how many in here know what's at stake if you've never been there? And I'm thinking, how many know what's at stake? And I look down the roster of playoff games played, and Rondo's played 105, and Tyson's played 75, and JaVale 44, and Lance 57. That's why LeBron you know, got him. Okay, okay but they, that's they, why he got him because they know. There are a whole bunch know. of people. There are one, I two, three, that. four, five, six. There are seven players in that locker room who have playoff experience. So don't tell me it's all a bunch of kids who have never been there and done this before, right? There are only three kids who have never, and you could throw Reggie Bullock in there if you want to, but there are three kids who don't know. But Skip, you look at the minutes they play in. Other than Rondo, Caldwell Pope playing 16 minutes. Tyson Chandler played less than five. Lance played less than 11. You keep telling me all these guys, but they're playing marginal minutes. I'm talking to me about Kuzma. Talk to me about Brandon Ingram. Those are the guys that's playing the major minutes. But their problem was defense. It those is. those guys brought it on offense, and LeBron is included in the defensive oh, yeah. malaise. Yeah. That's the pro they score 115 points. They had what 33 assists, 31, 33 assists. Turnovers. They had turnovers. Throw shooting. LeBron was two for six from the line. Four turnovers. I gotta go. On I mean, I just can't. I gotta go on and break the skip things a case. that were the problems. LeBron was a part of that. He said 80% for a case of two. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, he could probably make every free throw from the rest you know what? of the season. I think mathematically you're correct. And you have to make, like, the next 50 in a row or whatever it is to get to happen. 80. I think it's over. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think with LeBron, and he talks about the discomfort, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Comfortable, yeah. comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. I really think he is. Like, I, yes. we debated right. that last week. Sure. Down 3-1. He likes it. Okay. He grew up, you know, moving around all over. Like, he's okay. maybe used to that. And I think when I was, I was with him a lot when he was first mm -hmm. in Cleveland. And it wasn't... It was no finger pointing for the most part. It was harmonious. You saw them doing the little photos before game. Yeah, it was harmonious, it. and he didn't have any other stars. But it, what did get him? 60-something wins and out in the second or third round. He goes to Miami, drama every year. Back to Cleveland, drama every year. But we won three. We got there every, to the finals every year. 
I feel like LeBron thinks that's necessary for him to, like, yeah. that's what, to be uncomfortable is necessary. And for him, it may be. But that's not true for everybody. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And he creates that everywhere he goes, because probably because he feels his okay. I hear. Next, Chris Broussard breaks down his top five second-half storylines in the NBA. Here we are, fresh off the All-Star break, and these are the five biggest storylines for the second half of the NBA season. Number five, will Paul George continue to play at an MVP level and challenge Giannis and James Harden for the MVP award? He's averaged 31 points and eight rebounds over the last 40 games. Paul George is playing the best ball of his career by far, but I don't think he's going to challenge Giannis for the MVP award. I don't think OKC is going to get to that first or second seed. And in the last 33 years, only two players have won the MVP award without having the first or second best record in their conference. Michael Jordan in 1988 and Russell Westbrook when he averaged a triple-double. So we'll continue to watch George, but I don't think it's going to happen. At number four, the Zion Williamson sweepstakes, or otherwise known as the NBA draft lottery. I know technically it'll happen in the playoffs, not the regular season, but it's still going to be huge. May 14th, you will not want to miss it. Remember, new rules this year. So the three teams with the worst records have the same chance of winning the lottery. That's Phoenix, New York, and Cleveland right now. And what if New York wins the lottery? That means Zion, the most exciting prospect since LeBron James in 2003, could end up in the Big Apple or maybe the Knicks trade him and bring Anthony Davis to New York. Either way, a huge storyline. At number three, will the Boston Celtics find harmony or continue being their own worst enemy. Kyrie Irving, tremendous player, maybe the best closer in the league, struggling a bit with his leadership, and the young guys are pushing back. It makes me wonder, when Kyrie called LeBron and then let the whole world know about it, was he really just sending a message to his younger teammates to buy into his leadership, or was it really about saying he's sorry to LeBron? Whatever the case, they need to get it straightened out, because if they do, they could win the East and get to the finals. If they don't, they could go out in the second round, and that could spell the end of Kyrie's run in Boston. Number two, will James Harden turn it off? Because if he does, and if the Houston Rockets can go from being all hardened all the time to an offense that features James Harden and Chris Paul, like they did last year, they may be able to upset Golden State. They're 3-0 against the Warriors this year, once without Harden, once without Chris Paul. They're 6-10 against the Warriors in their last 10 meetings, including last year's playoffs. And we all remember how they had them down 3-2 last year before Chris Paul got hurt in the Western Conference Finals. But they've got the defense now that uh, Kenneth Fareed is there and P.J. Tucker is there and Austin Rivers gives them a little edge. They've got the toughness with those three guys that I mentioned. Now they need to get the offensive balance between their two stars. Harden was great for those 30, 32 straight games and he scored 30 or more points, but it's not necessary now. Check this out. 
The Rockets are just 5-5 five and five in the 10 games Chris Paul has played since he came back from injury. That's because they basically made him an ancillary part, a role player in the James Harden show, and you're not maximizing CP3's great ability. We saw on Saturday against Golden State what he can do, 23 points, 17 assists. So the Rockets, these last 20-some-odd games for them, need to be about transferring from the James Harden show to the James and CP3 show. Let both of them shine as superstars, and they might have a chance to pull off a great upset. At number one, everybody knows it, the Los Angeles Lakers. Will LeBron and the Lakers reach the playoffs? Right now, they're the 10th seed in the Western Conference. They're three games behind the eight-seeded Clippers, but they're only four games out of sixth place. So a little run, and they can move up the ladder. This would be the first time LeBron would miss the playoffs since his second season, 2005. Obviously, LeBron had the 18-game absence with the groin injury, and that would give him some cushion against the criticism if they don't make the playoffs. But they also lost to New Orleans without Anthony Davis, lost to Atlanta, lost to Indiana without Victor Oladipo, lost to Memphis, Washington, Orlando twice, all with LeBron on the floor. So while they went 6-12 and 12 without him, and you'll blame that for the reason they don't make the playoffs, they've had some horrible losses, even with LeBron on the floor. LeBron has talked about how he is comfortable being uncomfortable, and I believe him. And I know it's not his nature to go out and get 45 or 50 points sometimes, but he may have to. So LeBron, be uncomfortable and go get 45 when necessary. It was necessary against New Orleans. Go do it. Be uncomfortable and defend. The Lakers have been 25th in the league defensively since LeBron got back from injury. That is what the Lakers are going to need if LeBron's going to be able to lead them to the playoffs. Now, Chris Mannix joins Nick and CeCe to break down the Boston Celtics. This is the most I have heard Kyrie Irving speak in a season in a long time. He, uh, he must have gotten a lot out of the phone call from LeBron, who said, step up and be a leader. What do you make of what Kyrie had to say this time now, Chris? It's almost like that scene in Animal House with Kevin Bacon. Like, remain calm, all is well. Right. I, I'm here, yeah. and, and I'm going to be able to lead them. <laughs> that was Nick Wright last year when we were talking about the Cavs. The Cavaliers. And we were like, Nick, you're not worried? No, no, nope. no, no, no. The difference is everything was going to be fine Look, with that, the Cavs. That, that – that loss was the worst of the season by far. That was a Bulls team that earlier in the season they won by 30-something, and then in December it was 56. So you go into Chicago again, wow. and you just don't respect the game like that. You just go out there and you say, you know, we can just sleepwalk through this one. They couldn't, and they lost. There are real problems within the Celtics right now. They just have played from day one like a team that doesn't want to play together, that has you know separate factions. I'm not saying it's a personal thing within that locker room, but guys that are in different places in their professional careers and just don't want to be a part of everything that's How going on. How could that on. not be a personal thing? Well, I don't, I don't look at it as like Jason Tatum doesn't like Kyrie Irving or Jalen mm -hmm. Brown doesn't like Gordon Hayward. I just think you have those young guys who are coming off what they did last year to come within one game of beating LeBron James and advancing the finals. And then all of a sudden they're asked to take not one step back, but basically three steps back. I mean, Terry Rozier has been a shell of the player that we once saw. Yes. This was a guy that was, you know, the start of the season, and maybe you can still see this, but he was barreling towards a 15 to $20 million per year contract next off season as a restricted free agent. Now, 
I don't know what it's going to be for Terry Rozier. They just have not connected from day one. And I've been defending them for, for a while because, like, all right, it's a new group. Give them time. But here we they're are. They're still talented. Three, look, they're still talented. And if yes. you want to take the Rosie aspect of this, they play down to their competition. They play up to everybody else. I mean, against Toronto, they're two and one. Against Philadelphia, they're three and zero. That game against Milwaukee, they lost, but it's a one point. Very loss. close game. They're one and two against Milwaukee with that game. We saw how they played against Golden State this year and how they played against them in previous years. Outside of Golden State, they're four and three against playoff teams in the Western Conference. So against top tier teams, they step up their game. They've got Toronto tomorrow night. They could beat Toronto. They could walk into Toronto and win that game. But if you can't get up for these types of games and you are still showing that level of disconnectivity at this point of the season, that is a real problem. Yeah, a lot of times it doesn't mess. Everyone's agenda, they don't mesh together in this team. So people say, ah, oh, man, there's no I in team. Don't believe that. You got 12, 15 guys on that roster. Every one of those guys got their own individual agenda. Last year, the team agenda was the most important thing. This year, since they've come out of training camp, the team agenda has not been the most important thing. You know, it's been individual things. So, as a team, you do have individual things. Gordon Hayward's trying to save his career. He's trying to restore his confidence. Kyrie Irving, he was not in good shape when they started the season. This team went to the finals in the Eastern Conference last year without him. Jalen Brown, man, what kind of year player am I going to be in year number two? Tatum, man, I've been training with Kobe. I'm ready to be a superstar. I need my own franchise. So I, I don't like the fact that starting to hear these little things come out of the locker room. And the most significant thing for me, and you have to be able to answer this, Chris, they don't look like they're having a good time. They look like they don't like each other. Now, I'm just going to tell you, you can get on TV and you can fake it, but, man, what we have, it's real. It would, it would bleed through the TV over time. And I think through the season, we have seen this Celtics team, they don't have great chemistry and they don't like playing with each other or being with each other. Uh, Marcus Morris said as much a couple weeks back. He yeah. said, we're not having any fun. And this was on the heels of, you know, they just lost a couple of man, games. Man, explain but that to people. These young guys living out their dream, making all this money, because professional sports, I'm going to tell you, I will not have a better time in my life than I had playing ball. Traveling around the country, playing ball with a bunch of guys that that demographic, that economic, I'm never going to have that circle ever again. How can they not be having a, a good time going around the NBA playing? It's even harder to explain because despite the fact he said that after the two losses, they had been 10-1 and one in January, gone on a great run, had looked like a contender once again. But Marcus Morris didn't just say, we're not having fun after this loss. He said, we're not having fun for a long time. And I think that speaks to the disconnect that you're talking about within the locker room where guys maybe have different agendas there. Guys, you have mm -hmm. the 20-somethings that are kind of on the rise you trying to make their ask mark. guys to sacrifice who haven't gotten paid yet. That is always a problem. You bring in Al Horford and you say your statistical profile is going to be limited, but guess what? Mm. We're bringing you in with a max contract. Chris mm -hmm. Bosh with the Heat. Listen, we're going to ask you to do very uncomfortable things with your max contract. Kevin Love with the Cavs with your max contract. Mm -hmm. Terry Rozier hasn't made any money. This is a kid from Youngstown, Ohio, for, uh, uh, as gritty as it gets. He's trying to get paid. There is no guarantee that Jalen Brown is going to be an eight-figure-a-year player in this league? None. I don't. I, I understand he's a very good defender, but he has to, in year three, do more than he's done this year. Now, last year, when he's shooting 40% from three with that level of defense, okay, everyone needs that. 
But this year, now that his scoring's down a couple points, his shooting has gone back to where I most people thought it would be, or 33% from three. I didn't ever think he was going to be a three-point shooter. Right. So, so how how much is he worth? Mm -hmm. Now, Tatum has real confidence. I'm going to get paid either way. But even Tatum, Tatum is playing nearly the exact same number of minutes he had last year. Last year was 30. This year it's 31. Yet he is shooting three more times per game. That might not seem like a lot. He was taking 10 shots a game last year. It's 30% more in the same minutes, which means he's not taking his quality of shots. And mm -hmm. it is, it is. I, I brought up high school basketball earlier. It's an element of, I don't know when I'm going to get my chance, so I'm taking it now. I, I don't blame guys who are, you know who, is, who has played really well this year? Marcus Smart. And you know what? He got paid this offseason. Like, Marcus Smart has the mm -hmm. security of, I got my contract. It is hard. Pro sports, yes, it's about team and it's about the winning. It's a business. And if we, if all of a sudden, if the way this show worked was it, salaries were determined by things like how long people spoke oh, or, or, the, or whatever it was, but right. Sure. But, and guess what, Jenna, <laughs> what? even if you didn't have something great to say, you'd be like, well, let me tell you this, Absolutely. because I do it, it anyway. would only be, okay, fair enough, right. but it would only be fair. Like, True. and so I just, the Celtics, who are they really? Kyrie's excellent. Gordon Hayward was playing well before the all-star game. And then he missed the first game back, and, and against the Bulls was a disaster. Brown is now a mediocre to poor three-point shooter. Jason Tatum, he's gone from 43% elite three-point shooter to 38%, and we know his efficiency's gone down. So who are they actually, not just who we thought they would be? If this was the Lakers, we would say it's up to LeBron to, to, to take this team, get them together, and say, the time is now, we all have to come together. But I don't feel like that falls on Kyrie Irving's shoulders. Is that more of a Brad Stevens thing? Because no one's getting paid right this second, so something has to change if this team is going to make it. Yeah, look, I heard you guys talk about it earlier. We give Brad Stevens all the credit in the world when he was succeeding the last few years. You've got to come down. I mean, look, he's been hard on himself after some of these games as well. He has to take some responsibility here for not finding the rotations that work and mm -hmm. not getting everybody on the same page. Marcus Smart said something in, in the locker room after the game last night. He said, it's, we don't have, it's like we don't have the will anymore. Like, you don't have the will anymore? Like, you're 20 games left right. in the season and you don't have the will anymore? That's troubling going into the playoffs. Finally, Broussard follows up with Skip and Shannon about Houston's big win at Golden State. How much stock do you put into this game? I put a lot of stock into it because I believe had they had Chris Paul last year, they'd win game seven. I believe they beat him. For whatever reason, they do not fear this team. They're one of the few teams that in all the NBA, especially the Western Conference, that does not fear the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul, he will attack Steph Curry. Right. P.J. Tucker will get up in two. Kevin Durant as close as he possibly can. They switch every single thing. They got guys that can slide their feet, skip, and stay in front of people. And they make shots. Chris Paul was unbelievable. Looking he, at the, He was unbelievable. You look at this. That was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. He was, yep. it was in total control. But you look at P.J. Tucker. Eight, uh, he had 18 points, 10 rebounds. Yep. Kenneth Fareed, Skip, mm -hmm. he sat two years on the bench in, in, at, uh, at Denver. He goes to Brooklyn and can't get off. Oh, he's this, he's that. Yep. You know, sometimes, and I've said this before, having been a player in, the, mm -hmm. in a professional league, is that sometimes when people have a perception of you, no matter where you go, they still that perception follows. Mm -hmm. Now, he goes to uh, Houston, 20 and 10. Capella only didn't have a great game score, but he had 15 rebounds. Eric Gordon, a monster. CP3, again, a monster. And they didn't make shots. Skip, I mean, I mean, like Steph Curry was, was cold early. I mean, he made a few shots. Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant. P.J. Tucker can bother him as much as he can. 
pull up. Do simply talk. Shooting the ball at almost a 10-foot arc. There ain't nothing you can really do with that skill. Mm. You see how they played this game? Now, they've beaten them without Chris Paul. They've beaten them without James Harden. The question is, can James Harden, now he's in a mode where I need to do all this. Mm -hmm. Can he get out of that? Mm -hmm. Just says, okay, now I don't need to score 30. I, I, I don't need, are we going to move the ball? Right. Because this, this is how they beat them. They got no ISO player. They move the ball. You look at all these assists they have. They're like 26 assists, and Chris Paul had 17, had, uh, had 17 of them. Mm -hmm. Skip, this means something because it goes to the psyche. A lot of teams don't believe they can beat Golden State. They believe they can beat this team. They believe had Chris Paul been healthy last year, they would have beat him. And a, a part of beating someone, Skip, especially when there is title in and represent what the Warriors represent, is belief. Do you honestly, now don't give me no lip service. Do you really believe that you can beat them? And I believe to a man, the Rockets believe they can beat the mm. Golden State Warriors. Mm. I agree with pretty much everything you said. You know, we, we said in boxing, styles make fights. Yes. It's true in basketball, too. Yeah. I remember in 2009 when LeBron's Cavs, 66 wins, lost to Orlando. Orlando was just a style they couldn't match up with. Big man kick. Right. I, I think they, those Cavs might have won the championship if they had gotten there but they couldn't match up with Orlando style. Remember when Golden State beat Dallas? Dallas had won 60-something games. Yeah. Golden State had handled them in the regular season, then beat them in the first round of the playoffs as the eighth seed. So there is something to this. Now, if they meet in the playoffs, I will pick Golden State. I will pick Golden State. I think they will win. But the Rockets could beat them. Hmm. They might be the only team you look at and you say they can beat them. I think there's three keys for the Rockets to beat them. One is defense. They've gotten better with that. You said it about P.J. Tucker. You can't stop Kevin Durant, but he makes it tough on him. Mm -hmm. He makes it tough on him. Secondly is the toughness. Like when Cleveland beat Golden State, and even you mentioned when Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt, mm -hmm. when they made it tough on them, it was they got physical with them. Mm -hmm. When Steph and Clay are running off screens, you're bumping them yep. here and there, yep. you know, and, and subtly nudging them and stuff. They got that in P.J. Tucker, Kenneth Fareed, Austin Rivers is, you know, yep. is tough. So they have that. And then the third key is what you alluded to, finding the balance offensively between Harden and Chris Paul. They are on, since Chris Paul got back in the 10 games he's played, they are five and five because they haven't been maximizing him. They've thrown him in there like Eric Gordon or Gerald Green or whoever, and you basically are a part of the James Harden show. Right. And, and I'm Harden, I don't, he's not a selfish player, mm -hmm. I don't believe. But he's in this mode, and the teammates are in it too. Yeah. Like they, they're happy with him getting his 30. Sure. But they're not, they have to edge their way back to what they were last year, which was Chris was Chris was just as much a part. His numbers weren't as prolific, but he got his chance to shine just as James did. He wasn't just an ancillary part. They have to somehow get back to that. And then I think they could really challenge, give Golden State some trouble. Mm. I don't agree with anything I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the game Saturday tonight? Did I? Go look at my Twitter line. See if I didn't tweet did. about it. <laughs> if James Harden had played Saturday night, it was the reverse of what happened to LeBron. Because Anthony Davis, New Orleans. If, if James Harden plays, Golden State wins going away. If Draymond doesn't go down with about nine minutes left, 8.56 left, I, I think Golden State still comes back and wins that game. 
It's the same Houston team that just last Thursday night had blown another big lead. This one, 19 oh, blow a lead now. at Lakers, 19. So over the last month, they've blown a 29-point lead and a 19-point lead and a 15-point lead. Those are the Rockets. And I'll give you one guy. I, I give you P.J. on defense. He's not afraid of Kevin Durant. He gets up in him. He, he gets very anybody. physical. He, you're right. He's got the greatest sneaker collection in the history yeah. of collections. He just rules the world when yeah. it comes to sneakers, right? I'm close. Second. You're second? <laughs> I do not think you're even in the ballpark of this guy. But I give you Chris Paul. This goes back to his Clipper days. He just... He just despises everything Golden State, and it started a long time ago under Mark Jackson, and he likes to go out there and just mix it up with them, and he's not afraid. But I will submit to you that if Golden State plays Houston, Golden State will win in five, and I'm being generous because it could be a sweep. No with no way. No, with no Mbamute and no Trevor Reza, they're just not quite the same to me. And I agree with you. Austin Rivers has given him a nice little pop, and mm-hmm. he's not afraid because of his father and his upbringing. He's not afraid. I just don't think they're good enough. They haven't shown me enough this year. So right now, they're 34 and 25. They're sitting in the fifth seed. And by the way, they're just barely above the Jazz game back. Clippers, Spurs, only two games back. You know, like Houston, if they go on a little cold streak here, they could wind up in the eighth seed. They could. But Skip and and Chris, you know what used to separate Golden State from everybody else was their bench. Their bench has become very average, very mediocre, Skip. Nothing, nothing, nothing jumps yeah, but like they added DeMarcus Cousins. But he's a like, starter. They, they've inserted right? him into the starting lineup now. Yeah. So, but so when you look at it, I mean, Iguodala, Kevin Looney, I mean, uh, uh, Jerepko, Quinn Cook. I mean, it's nothing, not close. No, to it's not what it used to be. Yeah. That, Livingston, he's, he's yeah. a little older. He's a little older than that. Andre's a little older. That 15 million, I don't know. Still pretty good. I'll go Golden State and five in that series. Nah. You picking them? You want to go on record right now? Hold on, Skip. Okay. That wasn't the question. Why <laughs> it was the question. Was the question. It's the ultimate question. <laughs> Did it? Mean How much so- stock do you put I in I put it? a lot of stock. Okay. Do yeah. you put enough stock into saying that Houston will eliminate Golden State no. so that they LeBron might- can get to so- a ninth straight final? Somebody, might- where, somebody where we're someone might eliminate okay. both of them. Okay. All I'm saying is if James Harden, as Chris and I would discuss, is James Harden going to stay in that role where he's averaging 37 a night? Mm, because if try. they do, they're not going to beat him. I don't know. Right. The yeah. ball movement is what beats them. They better them. get a whole bunch of whistles in the postseason because they. you saw what happened when the whistles went quiet against the Lakers the other yeah, night. Well, you know, that, that, that happens in the playoffs. James yeah. Harden is not getting those he's calls in the playoffs. That's another calls. reason they need to wean themselves <laughs> right. off of this Harden all-the-time offense. And mm. plus, Golden State didn't shoot free throws well. They were 14 to 20. Mm. And... Uh, 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 Rockets were 22 or 24. Mm. Actually, the stats say Golden State played pretty well, well enough to win this game. If you look at three, they they made, what, 39% of their three-point shots? Houston got up 43 and made 16. Well, the challenge for the bigger, I mean, again, I wouldn't pick them to beat Golden State, but Houston could just get eliminated by somebody else. They, They may not even get to Golden State. But if they get to them, I think they yeah. will give them the toughest matchup. Yeah. Because like you said, they believe. They firmly believe Lee. they can beat them. Well, for one night, Chris Paul didn't need insurance, right? Because every time yeah, I look up, he needs thing. more. He's got to be yeah. insurance. He's right? made no clear. He got to stay. Oh, Cliff, Paul. Cliff Paul. He's not. He's oh, just Cliff Chris. Paul. But that insurance agent is, lives with him, right? He just, <laughs> yeah. he just hangs with him. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, someone's always going wrong. It's always There's tragic. calamity, right? <laughs> he is the perfect guy for that with the injuries, you know? You know what? And the thing is, if I'm if I'm a free agent, I'm going to Houston. Chris mm. Paul will get me in all his commercials. He 
get all this boy. He get all this boy. He does. That is true. TV star. The Rockets face the Warriors again. They could go for that regular season sweep March 13th. I got got the Rockets. In Houston. I got the Rockets right now. You want some duo on that? You want me to talk about it? All right, let's get closer to the game. I'm going to see who's this healthy. This guy wants to make a bet. Oh, so now we want to see who's healthy. <laughs> and he's been trying to make a bet all day. I, I kind of like this. I can't, you said it, so yeah. it's on the table so right now. We're going to do it or we're going to wait. I kind of like it. How no, about you I got to wait. I got to see who's healthy. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five star review letting us know what you think of the show.